You have an overwhelming sense of humor. Yes, I've been told my cups runneth over. What I'd like to know is, what did he get from you that he didn't get from me? He got what he wanted. Ooh, really? With the Doberman and the Saran Wrap? Oh, even I wouldn't do that. But uh, just out of curiosity, what was it like? It felt quite natural. Oh, yeah, maybe for another Doberman. Sick and wrong. Sick and wrong. Look out, baby, cause here they come. Dean Harrison, there's so much fun. With all the news that's sick and wrong. If you're not depraved, then it won't be long. The same place for the faint of heart is for the sickest and wrongest and overly smart. Look out, baby, cause here they come. To miss the show would be like totally dumb. Sick and wrong podcast. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. <laughs> I am your host tonight, D. Simon. Uh, Harrison is still in London. He's still in the UK. He's doing this kind of spiritual healing <laughs> retreat thing. And, and like, seriously, a two-day colon cleanse, he told me. It's like a two-day colonic that he's taking because he thinks that's going to wipe out, like, all the impurities in his system. And holistically, he's going to be healed. I'm pretty sure by two-day colonic, you mean Tranny's peeing in his ass. I'm assuming that's probably what it's going to be. I think they're just going to be pouring, like, 409 in his ass. I, and you know what? He probably likes that. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, that voice you just heard is my uh, my uh, my co-host my co-host today my co-host mm. my co-host today special guest penthouse pet and good friend of the show Ryan Keeley. It is so good to be back. It is so good to have you on the show. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're my wonderful neighbor too. I don't know how many people know that, but yeah. uh, Ryan will occasionally take care of Hecubus and the new cat Caliban. Yeah. And I appreciate you doing that over this weekend. Do you think I was I was thinking about this today? Do you think Hecubus has gained even more weight since you last saw him? No, I think he's possibly lost it or maintained. He's, oh, really? Yeah. Even though I was a little concerned because I saw him getting into the kitty hard food. When that's I, that's the problem. I think him chasing around little Caliban is keeping him trim. I was looking at his haunches the other day. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed like a little bit of flab just... Like on his, you know, on his, like right underneath his ass, but above his like knees or whatever the fuck those are in the back. I don't know what you call those. But haunches. anyway, I, was, are they, I get haunches. Yeah. His haunches are getting a little flabby. I hadn't looked at his haunches. I always look at the belly. <laughs> his belly, but he's got like a paunch. Like I mean, little... he's got a paunch, but it's not bad. Well, do all cats have those? And you just can't see them. Oliver doesn't. Henrietta is very, very round. Those are my kitties. Yeah, Ryan has two kitties that uh, two cats that, that I take care of. This is cat talk. The, the podcast <laughs> is now sick and wrong. Podcast is now all about cats. So uh, people, I don't know if you wanted us to talk about like diarrhea and murder and bukkake. No, today it's just cats. Cats definitely get it's... diarrhea and definitely have <laughs> tiny murder brains. So we can tie it all together. Did you uh, notice the, the the tragic loss of Caliban's nuts, his testicles? They were so big and magnificent. You know, even I took the I took this kitten in to see the vet, and the kitten's like oh, eight weeks old, twelve weeks old, or something like that. I had to take him in to get to see the vet. When I first got the cats, you know, you get them from a breeder. They got to check them out. And the vet was just like, his testicles are enormous. They're enormous. And then the nurse starts laughing. I'm like, yeah, his nuts are pretty big. He goes, I've never seen them this large on a kitten this small. Well, also, the breeder that you went to, most cats, they get uh, at two pounds is when they neuter. 
and your um in your kitten it was more of an age thing so i feel that like they're neutering younger Uh, and younger so that's probably why they tend to be smaller they were so magnificent just yeah well now that they're gone it's just like a deflated sack they're just they're just gone did you take some pictures before they went away amanda rubbed them yeah i still she gave them a little rub I, I still I call it twaddle. I like to twaddle <laughs> Oliver's balls. I mean, they're just tiny little nubbins. Twaddle. You know what? The, <laughs> the reason I actually don't mind this. Yeah, he did have massive nuts, and I didn't mind. You know, I thought it was kind of cool because people come on and be like, "Dude, check out my cat's nuts. These are huge, <laughs> like way bigger than my other cat's nuts." But the thing is, I didn't like about his nuts. It's because those hairless cats have no fur, so when they're climbing like on your shoulder, you just got like balls, like literally, like they're teabagging the side of your face. And, like, Hecubus is not that bad because his nuts are so tiny and minuscule. But it's like Caliban's nuts. It's like, God, it's like having two grapes just on your head. It's gross. I don't know. I think you should be less sensitive to teabagging. I probably am. Yeah, I probably should be a little more open to that. Yeah, right? Especially yeah. having Harrison on the show. He's more open to everything. Interspecies teabagging. Yeah, interspecies. Te- I don't even know if he'd. I don't think he'd be into that. Harrison? Maybe. You never know. You never know with that guy. <laughs> So anyway, uh, thanks for being on the show tonight, though, especially because uh, it was kind of short notice. You're like, you're, you live next door. So I, it's a lot I literally live next door and you always have wine. So it's pretty easy to lure me into your. All I got to do is I got to call her up and be like, hey, you want to come on the show? I got some wine. I got some weed. And you're like, sweet. I'll be over there. Yeah. Let me play with your kitten. Mm-hmm. Um, I read today that there was a huge march about uh, Proposition 60. Did you hear about that? I did not, and I'm kind of disappointed because I would have gone out and protested because Proposition 60 is some bullshit. This is such a California-specific thing, so we're going to get to an explanation about that. But first, you're, well, you're not really – you've retired. Yeah, I've industry. been out of the industry since 2012. Um, if someone wants to pay an exorbitant amount of money, I do do private videos through custom dream models, but be prepared to spend. But yeah, other than that, like I <laughs> – yeah, my, my, my so you don't you don't start any penthouse no, videos anymore or any of that. No. But do you still support? Oh, of course, the industry. Okay, because you got. I mean, a lot of your friends. My twenties were awesome. Yeah. Porn is amazing. <laughs> yeah, you, you did have a lot of fun, but you're still having a lot of fun now. So can't give up cool. that cocaine. <laughs> what what like at what age do you become a gilf in porn? Well, I was a milf at twenty six. A milf at so twenty six. I think gilf is thirty four. So at I'm almost. Into gulf territory. So once you once you hit over thirties, they're kind of like, yeah, you're getting a little old to be in porn. Well, it's not that you're old to be in porn. MILF is the most popular category in porn. Oh, I didn't know that, really. Yeah, absolutely, hands down. Beats the teen, the teen, everything. The teen yeah, because wow. here's the thing: is that most people like want to get their nuts off and they want to look at grown ass women that they could actually conceive of having <laughs> sex with. Like at some point, like I had to quit porn because I felt weird about banging nineteen year olds. I was like. I'm 10 years older than you, sweetie. Ooh. Oh, you're I guess so young and tender. kind of weird. I mean, it's like most, what, 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 what's the average age of a girl entering the industry? Like what, 19, 18? It used to be. I have no idea what it is now. Yeah. And I get, and the shelf life is pretty, I mean, it's like five years. No, it's not. Right? Uh, the average porn career is three months. Oh, three and months. And that's because wow. you have to look at the numbers because a lot of people come in and they do one scene and never again. Well, so that the, doesn't count. I'm just saying but No, but that messes with the metric. That messes with the metric. It does mess with the metric. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering how uh, this Prop 60 is going to affect everything. I don't know. So this, uh, let, me, let me tell you a little background here about this. So this past Monday, 
Uh, hundreds of adult film entertainers protested outside the AIDS Healthcare Foundation on Sunset Boulevard, which is like literally right down the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, they protested Stalkers. below the office Hello. of uh, CEO Michael Weinstein. So this guy, this guy is just an asshole. You can just tell this dude is a dick. Michael Weinstein, even his name sounds like a dick. Uh, he's the CEO of the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, and he is putting $5 million of the AHF's budget towards TV ads supporting the controversial Prop 60, which would require the use of condoms in adult films. Yeah. Why does this guy have such a vendetta for that? Um, like, what's the big deal? I don't think he was hugged enough as a child. Honestly, <laughs> I think that it's a deep character flaw. Um, I don't understand why he is so upset about consenting adults uh, making a living in a way that they enjoy. It's it's ridiculous. And it's the thing is, it's not making anyone safer. Whenever he because I've actually gone up against him, um, not with Prop 60, but the previous one that did require condom use and all well, that. Um, that was the last one. Measure B, which yes. is a similar law that Very was similar. passed. It was approved in 2012. Yeah. And basically what happened from that is that a lot of porn companies shut down. A lot of them moved out of Los Angeles County. And basically no one is paying for film permits because they don't want to be inspected. But I heard, I heard though that it was kind of unsuccessful because OSHA doesn't really enforce it. No, it's not. It's in, enforced on a complaint basis only, um, and none of the porn performers wanted this passed, so no one's really making any complaints. Um, this guy is just the worst tool, and he gets. I, what makes me very upset is that. When he is doing publicity for these propositions, he's always like, well, gonorrhea is on the rise in Los Angeles County. But actually, STD transmission in the adult film industry has been in decline and has been in the like low single digits for 10 years because of the testing practice. Yeah. yeah. For, because of the testing practices that are enabled that don't require condom use. And so basically he's all like, well, everyone else in the state is bad at fucking and it's porn performers full. <laughs> and it's like, um, actually we're doing a pretty good job of keeping our shit clean and tight. Motherfucker. That, that's the thing. Like porn stars get tested before every, every two shoot. weeks. Yeah, yeah. Every two weeks you have to show verification that you've been tested. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the sexually disease, sexually diseases aren't really transmitted between porn stars. Well, here's the thing. And particularly in straight porn, um, the HIV transmission rate is th- three cases in 12 years. Yeah, no, it's, it's big news if, if a porn star gets AIDS. And so, yeah, there are transmission of some other diseases, um, herpes, but everyone has herpes now. Um, when I started porn, you know, I got my HPV shot, so I have never had a brush with HPV or yeah, gender But they say if you've had unprotected sex with more than three people, you have HPV. Yeah, so, and I, I mean, did that by the time I turned 14, yeah. so. <laughs> Family doesn't count. <laughs> mm. but, so, but yeah, yeah this, this guy, this guy is such a dick. Mm-hmm. He wasn't satisfied with Measure B, mm-hmm. so instead he devised Prop 60 to close the loopholes, as he puts it. Yeah, and the loopholes are uh, incredibly... Um... These are draconian. This is bullshit. This will now enable whistleblowers and private citizens to actually... Your average porn viewer here could file a lawsuit against a porn worker. Yeah. Deemed to be a violation. So if, if you're just like sitting there jacking off to like red tube and you see somebody having sex without a condom, you could actually file suit against them. Yeah, and then have 16. access to their home information and... Um, you know, their their legal name. Yeah, their and real I'll, name addresses will become part of the public record. And this is a very serious front. This is a very serious issue. Um, a good friend of mine, Jade Vixen, was a dominatrix in New York who also did some softcore porn stuff. 
And uh, she had a fan that got super crazy and kidnapped her and her boyfriend and held them at gunpoint for 12 hours and then shot her boyfriend in the head in front of her. So here's the thing. Like, people get crazy and women die and sex workers die. And I think that there's a reason people pick poor names and that they try to keep their information exactly. separate. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole reason why people hide behind a pseudonym. It's a right to privacy. Like it's yeah. a right. It, here's the thing. It's not even important. It's like we should have a right to privacy as private citizens. I wonder what would happen in, like, in that mm-hmm. situation if Prop 60 does pass and a similar situation like that happened where like a woman's boyfriend or husband was murdered right in front of her. Do you think she could sue uh, this Weinstein dickhead? God, I hope so. I mean, at that point, it's like you basically put me in danger. Well, I mean, and you've exposed me. Absolutely, 100%. And, you know, this actually relates to something that our good friend Lenora Claire is doing with trying to create a stalker registry. Yeah, she came on the uh, the show a few months ago and was mm-hmm. talking about that. Yeah. And she's a, you know, I mean, she, well, she's a celebrity. I mean, and that's the thing is that celebrity. she's like a, you know, like a porn star or like all of these people in LA that have some level of notoriety and, um, but we're not celebrities. We can't afford, you know, gated communities. We can't afford security details. I mean, most of us can't even afford our rent. So. <laughs> well, that's the thing. If like Kim Kardashian is being stalked, it's like she has a security detail. She could go and, and get a, a police force to come gets, after her. You know, tied up and left in a bathtub for hours. So I heard that was part of the show. I don't know. No. <laughs> conspiracy. Oh my god! Um, I'm not, for we're my not news talking sources. About that no, I'm joking. Um, anyway, yeah, but that's that's a thing. You know, she still can get tied up, held at gunpoint, and robbed. And she has all the money that you could possibly need. So think of someone like Lenora. I mean, who you know just lives in a regular apartment. Yeah. You know, and she's uh, and she's a public figure, easily recognizable. And, and, and porn stars, it's even worse. It's like people probably, a lot of men just kind of have this like fantasy. They think they're in a relationship with this woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and if they could find out her real name, it's going to take stalking to a whole new level. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's the danger. I guess therein lies the danger with this Prop 60. And also the frivolous lawsuit aspect of it. I mean, don't we have enough legal problems? Don't we have enough <laughs> frivolous lawsuits in the courts? I mean, how many rate kits have gone untested? Couldn't we put our dollars towards that, which is a real crime, as opposed to, you know, consenting adults doing what they want to do? And that's the thing. You can, you can file lawsuits directly against not only adult film performers, but on-set crew and even cable and satellite television companies. This is going to just be a complete just mess in the yeah. legal system. Yeah. So I, I just can't even believe they'd even entertain this. Like, even white people are even voting on this. I don't, I don't know. But anyway. Did you say white people? Or? Yeah, white people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, why are white people so obsessed with other white people wearing condoms? I, I, I don't get it. It, it just, it, yeah, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. And then there's all this other stuff. Like, so how if, do you ensure that the same condom doesn't find itself inside more than one woman? Because, I mean, they have, like, uh, you know, menage a trois and scenes with multiple sex yeah, partners. that is as someone that has had more menage a trois than I can count um there that is always a big issue is is changing in between partners yeah aren't you supposed to throw on a different condom every time and so then what happens if the condom breaks Ask Michael Weinstein. (laughs) There's a lot of what ifs here. So when Prop B was passed I went and I spoke at um whatever the community meeting or whatever and i was a girl girl only performer and he wanted for girl girl only performers to wear has the paper hazmat suits gloves uh goggles and uh face rubber face masks to prevent std transmission now if anyone knows anything about lesbian sex and std transmission you'll know that the the 
the rate of girl to girl STD transmission transmission is so incredibly low that there isn't actually numbers on it. <laughs> so there's, yeah, I didn't think it was possible, actually. Is it? Um, I mean, I've gotten some yeast infections, but I think that was more from someone's like janky ass acrylic nails and whatever they didn't scrub out from under them. Yeah, but okay, but if you're just like, you know, scissoring here, how would you transmit AIDS? There's no. No, it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. I mean, I, yeah, it's just ridiculous. I mean, yeah, no. But what it, it, does this say? Maybe in, if like I stabbed her in the cunt and stabbed myself <laughs> in the cunt and both of us had HIV or one of us did and then we rubbed our open wounds together. But wait, does this law also apply to women like dental dams? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh my God, this guy's trying to ruin porn for everyone. This guy's the have Grinch. Have you ever used a, a porn dental Grinch. dam? I have been having lesbian sex since I was literally 15 years old. Literally. <laughs> I'm 32 now. I have had sex with hundreds of, of women. Sex. Never once used a dental dam. Damn. I don't even know where you get one. Like, can you get one at They like, sell Rite them Aid? at the pleasure chest. Oh, okay. So but, you got to go to a specific adult store to get a dental yeah. dam. That's basically, ridiculous. it's like, uh, basically imagine mm-hmm. you can make one out of any condom by snipping off the tip and then snipping up the side so you have like a latex tarp. And who wants to like that? <laughs> Pussy should taste delicious. I think if, you're, if you have to use a dental dam, you probably shouldn't be eating that out. Yeah. I mean, that, there's yeah. an issue there. That is a strong <laughs> argument, sir. I think the issue here is money. It comes down hmm. to money. And uh, obviously, this Weinstein guy has the AIDS Healthcare Foundation money to put behind it. But porn stars, you know, who are they going to, what, like, how are they, like, how are they going to get They took all of our money away with YouTube. Like, basically, it's just a, a continued persecution of a minority group that does not have the money or the resources to, to stand up for their rights. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, it is just Pornography bullshit. is protected under our First Amendment rights. Larry Flint fought for those rights in the 70s. There's no reason that these are still under debate. Anyway. Well, that's if you thing. live in California, <laughs> vote no on Prop 60. People vote no on Prop 60. And in fact, go go one step further. You know what you should do? You should mail anonymously, of course, your used condoms to Michael Weinstein at the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Just put them in a package and just mail it to him. Be like, hey, we're using condoms. Because apparently he really likes condoms. Loves them. He loves condoms. Loves so just say, you know, just do it anonymously and send it to Michael Weinstein. Yeah. A nice used condom. Preferably, possibly an anal sex condom, but any condom will work. A little bit of Santorum on it. He probably would like that even more. Hey, that frothy mix of lube (laughs) and fecal matter. That is a very political (laughs) statement. (laughs) But uh, there you go, people. Definitely vote no. No on Prop 60. Um, So, uh, Ryan, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is uh, it's kind of this is sort of a Halloween themed podcast. This uh, the this show because it's you know it's it's the month of October and L A is one of those cities where everybody just you know you, everybody just loves Halloween here I think it's, it's just kind of one of those it's our holiday like it, well it's like a Peter Pan kind of thing like no one gets old here well you know, it's all the plastic surgery we just <laughs> kind of keep making ourselves per, appear to be young we think we're young well and it's also it's the land of dress up, dress up and make believe and where we come up with all of these. Uh, creatures and and yeah, like think about uh, I mean, we have like Monster Palooza and all the uh, the Hollywood effects studios. Yeah, and- everyone is here. So- Elvira lives right down the street. Halloween's a big deal in this city. Are you enjoying, Are you have you done any of the big Halloween things like Not Scary Farms, Universal, or any of that? No, um, no, we I- should totally do Hay Ride though. I, I'm allergic to grass and hay. <laughs> <laughs> so- 
<laughs> that will make it even better. Um, I like to avoid rashes. Um... <laughs> what happens? Do you just start getting like all red Yeah, and I hives? get itchy everywhere. And oh, then I brace, break out in a rash. And then I get really surly because I'm itchy and cranky. And I start talking like a whiny three-year-old. <laughs> all right, we're not doing the hayride with you. That's what I'm saying. No, this year my plans are um, I'm definitely going to go to Bondage Ball on the 29th, which I'm pretty excited about. Oh, yeah. I heard about yeah. that. I should so, go check that out. I'm pr- I'm pretty stoked. I think Where is it this year? I have no idea. I've never been before, oddly enough. Hmm. Most people don't know this about me. I like to stay at home and do my drugs. I don't want to like <laughs> go out and talk to people. <laughs> you you do get so I mean you get invited to some cool shit, but you get do a lot I of ever invited, go? <laughs> yeah, but you get invited to a lot of cool shit and you're like, nah, I'd rather just chill at home. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, you've lived here for a while. It's not like it's new to you, you know. I just you know, I I don't the older I don't like I to get. shower or wear yeah. pants. <laughs> That's a, exactly. It's like, you know, I like uh, Donald ducking in my own house. Yeah. I'd prefer not to wear pants if I don't have to. Oh, yeah. Why not? Like, I still get laid. Like, I think if I quit getting as, you know, as much delicious genitals in my face <laughs> as I get, like, if that number drops significantly, I'd probably start going and, and being social. Go out. But... You, you go to Jumbo's, and it's about, you know, a couple blocks away. Yeah. So that, that's like an outing for Ryan, just Jumbo's. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's a good place to go, though. I was at Sam's Hofbra this weekend, which is downtown Los Angeles. That's a good one. It's notable because on the rules posted outside, um, they require that any facial tattoos must be covered with a hat because it's such a problem with all the, the gangs that are in there. Um, 30% of the patrons have uh, neck tattoos in my wallet. Definitely got stolen. Wow. Yeah, that place, it kind of gets like a whole Latino gangbangers uh, vibe yeah, going on but there. If you want to see some booty shaking, <laughs> it's the best place to go in LA. Yeah, I, I remember uh, it was my brother in law, Big Jer's uh, bachelor party. They all came mm. down here. We went to a bunch of strip clubs. I thought it'd be really funny to go to Sam's. I think based on your recommendation, you're like, you got to go check out Sam's. So we go all the way down there. <laughs> and everybody thought, like, we took a limo and we get to Sam's, which is like borderline Compton, right? No, it's it's, it's like the shitty part of Los, uh, downtown L.A. Yeah, it's like, I guess, venturing into East L.A. territory. I'm it's from a little Seattle. Sketchy. I don't know where Compton is. <laughs> it's somewhere <laughs> down there, though. I mean, you, when yeah. you start going, so we're in this, we're in this limo, and everybody's like, D, where are you taking us? Like, this is like, we're going towards, like, South Central or something. I'm like, no, dude, no, this place is cool. Dramatic. My neighbor said this place is awesome. It should be fun. We go in there, and we <laughs> are the only white people in there. And it's just, like, a bunch of, like, bald gangbanger dudes with facial tattoos and neck tattoos. And we're, like, looking around, and I'm just kind of like, oh, whatever, let's get it, grab a drink. And the and, drinks are super cheap. Yeah. And so the we girls like are nice. Up. Everybody was scared. Wackerly was there. Wackerly, but he like walked in and was just kind of like, uh, "Yeah, we should leave." And I don't know. It was it was pretty awesome. It's a weird strip club because all the girls kind of stand in the center of the room and just put their ass over like a railing. Well, because it's uh, they can only because L.A. has the topless six foot law with any strip club that serves liquor, so they can only get topless in the center of the main stage, and that's it. And then okay, so it's just so, yeah. bikini bar other than that. But the setup is so weird. It's like they decommissioned a Chili's and put a strip club in it, which is awesome <laughs> because on all of like literally like a wooden booths like at a Chili's or a TJ Fridays or whatever, in the middle of them they have these strip poles, and the girls will do ten dollar table dances. Yeah, and it's like these gangbanger like cholo dudes are just shoving their face right in this. Big ass. Like, these, yeah. some, of these, some of these girls have booty. Like, booty I, why do you think I told you to go there? 
Yeah, there are some like really hot girls just with like just massive booties and like cholo gangbanger dudes just with their face just in the booty. Yeah. Yeah. And when you go in, like you have to go through like a metal detector and they patch you down. Well, my favorite thing is that I was in there on Saturday night and I had I was not planning to go out Saturday night. You must be popular there, though. I was well. No one recognizes me anymore because you know I'm an old lady. Yeah, but you're hot. You walk in and you're like. I was wearing a baggy, loose-fitting dress and flat lesbian <laughs> sandals and no makeup, and like people kept trying to stop me as I'm going to the bathroom. I'm like, clearly I don't work here. <laughs> no, 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 thank you, sir. But clearly I don't work here. But I ended up getting roofied a little bit, and that was actually really fun because I was like, this drink definitely has roofies in it. So I took myself home. <laughs> what? How- <laughs> you tell were you just like wow i drink i drink like half a cocktail and i'm already just wasted yeah oh jesus i wonder who you know that place looks you've like a partied place with probably, me yeah that place yeah i know you could drink more than half a cocktail um that place looks like a place you'd probably get roofied at oh for sure and it's, it's part of the charm it's kind of funny you're like sweet i don't need to buy any more drinks well no well it was no it was towards the end of the night me. and the people that i was with it was like one last drink and this like creepy dude next to us at the bar bought me a cocktail and i'm like definitely roofied <laughs> so i chugged half and i gave the other half to my friend and like we had a really fun night <laughs> i think there's like ketamine in here or hypnol you know uh, i'm not GHB, even quite sure. I'm pretty yeah, sure probably just g yeah yeah exactly it's and, and what, what are you gonna say you know it's like mm-hmm. you're in a strip club it's and especially sam's hofbrow and my wallet had already been stolen yeah <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> that place is great, though. If you come to L.A., people, you want to get your wallet stolen, possibly roofied, <laughs> yeah. maybe stabbed, Sam's Hofbrow. <laughs> Brian Keeley recommends it. It's the official sponsor <laughs> of the Sick and Wrong Podcast. <laughs> we should take it out. You know, when uh, fans come to L.A. and they give me a call, I usually take them to Jumbo's. See, I'm like, it's a great Jumbo's place. isn't... It, Jumbo's gets... It's not sleazy enough anymore. There's yeah, no... No one has bullet holes. None of the dancers have bullet holes. It's true. There's no midgets. There's no trainees. And the there's, midgets and trainees no, were the best part. There's no, like, cesarean scars anymore. No. Like, every girl there is like... And I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but they're all, like, kind of hot suicide girls now. Which is delightful, but not fucked up enough. Yeah, exactly. Like, back... When I first started coming to L.A., like, in the like late 90s, like, that place was, like, David Lynch's strip club. Yeah. You know, there was, like, this drag queen that was working there. There was, like, a dwarf... There's a woman with one arm. Oh, I remember the amputee. Oh, it was great. Yeah, that place is cool. It's not like Someone that Someone doing pull tricks with only one arm. Let me tell you, people. That is... The girls are just hot now. Eh. Um, <laughs> so uh, so th- th- that's the thing with LA, though. There's so much shit going on here for Halloween. People get such a boner for Halloween. We went to uh, Not Scary Farms. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been there? No. you ever been to that one? Um, I can't say I want to... I'm sorry, does that require going more than 45 minutes from my house? Yeah, that's, no. a, that's a far away... That's a, that's a, that's a quite a distance Maybe if travel. someone mm, pays for the whole thing and sends a limo? <laughs> I still don't even know if you'd enjoy it. Because it was like, we went on a Saturday night. We didn't get... in like, a lot of these places, the key to going to, like, Universal Horror Nights or, uh, or uh, Not Scary Farms is you got to get a front-of-the-line pass. Because if you yeah. don't, there's a shitload of people in L.A., I'm not going to pay the... Here's the thing is I love amusement parks. I love amusement rides. But only every couple of years can I afford the $200 front of line pass. Because if you don't have a front of line pass, it's like only 50 bucks. But you're going to be sit, standing in line. Literally, we stood in line for an hour and a half to go to the Well, maze. it's 50 bucks on top of what you've already paid. Yeah, well, yeah. So but, it's like 200 bucks. Well, for the front of the line pass. Yeah. It's around like 180 to 200 I think, for Not Scary Farms. Yeah. But I mean, it's so, it's so worth it. Because you can actually go do everything. Like We went one maze... One roller coaster. 
Yeah. And it took literally like three hours. And people ask why I don't go to these things. And there's like tons of screaming teens everywhere. But the main reason we went to Not Scary Farm is because Elvira does her show there. Elvira's that was That was pretty cool. That woman is a goddamn national treasure. Would you have sex with Elvira? Um, yes. Yeah, I, she is still, and she's got to be at least 60-something, don't you think? I don't give a fuck. That bitch is fly. She, is, she still looks amazing, and she's funny. She comes she's out. She's so nice. She, oh, yeah. I've met her before. She was on my show, The Obscenester, because she's friends with Lenora, and, mm-hmm. uh, but she wasn't in, like, the full costume and everything. She just kind of looked like you know, She's Cassandra normal. Peters, not. Yeah, Cassandra Peters. She wasn't Peterson. doing the whole Elvira thing. She's like, uh, honey, you'd have to pay a lot more money. <laughs> Like you have to pay a lot of money for me to wear that, but um, she does this whole show where she comes out, she does comedy, she do, even sings a couple songs, and then in between the, the the comedy and the songs, it's like a Cirque du Soleil kind of dancer thing going on. She there's a reason that she is a talented lady that's been working for literally decades and has the best sal- selling Halloween costume of all time. So if you don't, you know, hey, yeah. If you don't know what you're gonna be, just uh, go with a classic. Go to Elvira. Yeah, she was she was pretty awesome. I mean, but the, her show is like a half an hour, and then the rest of the time you're just standing in lines. Yeah. And then a lot of these places have like dudes in clown suits and things like that mm. walking around, scaring the shit out of you. you Fuck know? clowns. They they jump at you. Oh my god! There was a clown on Hollywood Boulevard the other day, and I was, I had a bunch of people in the car with me, and I'm like. Hollywood Boulevard, like right before Highland, and I look over, and there's a fucking clown breakdancing, and I would go, ah! like a full on scream, and I'm like, and then I realize all my girlfriends in the car with me, and I'm like, it was a clown. Don't make fun of me. They're really scary. It's funny because there's like this whole clown hysteria thing going on now. Well, there's those guys in the South that are, um, like trolling people. They're dressing up in clown costumes with black balloons and just lurking around apartment buildings, which is the best, best fucking public troll ever yeah well they're also like going around like elementary schools and hiding in the woods waving at kids yeah that's hilarious <laughs> like i fucking hate clowns and i think that's a horrible thing to do but i 100 percent support these people doing that because that's really fucking funny you know what they should be doing is it's because it's in the south anyway just go to the trump rallies <laughs> why not go, go to the trump rallies just with your clown outfit on See what happens. I don't know. I think they're going to get beat up like the mimes in uh, Shakes the Clown if they do that. Well, actually, you know, if you think about it, the clowns probably are Trump supporters. So I don't know if that would work. Maybe. Who knows? Have you seen Stitches? Um, no. Is that, wait, Stitches is the one from American Horror Story? No, Stitches is a, it's a, it's a British one. It's, it's cute. It's fun. And he's a, what, he's a clown? He's a clown. God, he I don't know. Leaves if you in Stitches. <laughs> Double entendre. I've never liked clowns. Well, yeah, because fucking it ruined it for everyone. How upsetting is seeing Tim Curry in a wheelchair now? Ah, God, how old is that guy now? Well, he had a stroke. Uh, And it just hurts my heart because it made it so I couldn't watch horror movies until last year. I just, you know, I never liked clowns from Poltergeist. Oh, yeah, that. that. (gasps) There's a clown that, like, yeah, and and my parents... You know, I think a lot of parents back then, because The Simpsons even kind of parody this too, but a lot of parents back then, like the 70s, Bozo the Clown was a big deal. So my parents like got Bozo shit for my brother. My brother's whole room was Bozo. Maybe that's why he became gay. I don't know. But anyway, there's Definitely. Like Bozo shit all over his room. And so then when my brother got too old for it, it's like, let's just pass it down to young D. And so my room just had tons of Bozo shit. And at the time, I didn't care. I was like, ah, oh, clowns, whatever. Not a big deal. Then I saw Poltergeist. And then it's like my world changed. I'm like, I threw all that stuff in like a garbage can. And I was just like, uh, no, I, I think I shoved now, it all in the closet in the garbage can. Did 
you ever have an instance where after you put all of the clowns away that they just magically reappeared in various just, parts of the house? Yeah, when I was sleeping. <sighs> I don't know. The rabbi would just like wake me up in the middle of the night with a clown. I was watching The Forest last night and honestly, like half, like most of the time the movie, I'd be like, I just fucking kill myself because fuck that noise. Don't want to <laughs> deal with that scary bullshit. Like I'm out. I gotta see. You're not gonna see that. That's a, it's about that Japanese suicide force, yeah. right? Yeah. With the uh, the chick from Game of Thrones. Yes, uh, Marjorie Tyrell, aka Natalie Dorman. I gotta check that out. Who also had a really shitty cameo in that uh, Chris Chris Hemsworth car racing movie. Don't she see get it. Naked in that. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Even that might be if it, you could just tell me what scene that's in, so I don't have to watch the whole. It's in movie. the first twenty minutes. All right, cool. All right, I'll check that out. Not then. in the forest. In the in the shitty race car movie. But yeah, that's the thing. LA's got a lot of cool stuff going on. And one of so what, coming up next, I got an interview with a guy that runs like a private haunted house. And that's the thing <gasps> with that's Can the I thing go? with LA. Yeah, we should go check it out. It's like so in Los Angeles, not only do you have the big theme parks like Universal Horror Nights, they do the big Walking Dead thing, Texas Chainsaw, I think this year, and it's like mazes and you can kind of walk through. It, and I think that it's open till like two a.m. But they also have private haunted houses. Yeah. So this guy does one called Creep LA, but there's like Creep LA. There's the tension experience. Have you heard of that? <laughs> the tension experience. That's, the, that, that's a... <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking about this. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to know what you're thinking about, what the tension experience... The tension experience is directed by uh, the guy that, that directed like the last three Saw movies. And apparently mm. this is like a horror, like a haunted house, like a scream. I think they call it a scream theater or something. But it's on another level. Like you got to sign a waiver... You go in and like they come put a bag on your head. You got to go in alone. It's like really intense. They waterboard you and shit. It costs like 150 bucks. It's like a two hour nightmarish. Do they actually waterboard you? I'm not sure what they do, but I've heard it's like, like I was reading a review in the LA Weekly about it and I was just like, fuck that, dude. I would not pay 150 bucks to deal with this. Mm. And then there's like a blackout. Have you heard of blackout? No, but I know about the sleepover thing, the camp. Um, oh, the, you know, that's something. But I think that's they oh, that's do in that, June. like in yeah. June, where yeah. you can like do a horror movie sleepover thing. But Blackout's another one. Like you got to go in by yourself, and they put like a bag over your head, so you're kind of you have no idea, so you're disoriented, and then people come up and like grab your dick. Like it's like yeah, I would I, pay I good money for that. <laughs> <laughs> I am not down with that. But this one, this creep LA. Actually, sounds more like um, it just sounds like going to like the black room in a gay club. Honestly. I guess it is kind of like that. Yeah, like going in the yeah, like the like a back room at my brother's bar cell block. Yeah, do they? Is it like the fully black room? Well, I think with with blackout, it's like you walk in, but you can't go in a group. So you go in by yourself, mm. and they kind of lead you, and it's like but pitch someone black. grabs your dick. Well, it's pitch black, and they come and grab you. They they'll choke you, and you can sign a waiver letting them do this stuff. It'll shove like things in your mouth. In your asshole. I don't know about that. I don't know if they actually penetrate you with foreign objects. This is like totally getting to Ryan Keeley fantasy territory here. You're supposed to be scared of this shit. <laughs> it sounds like a good time. But so anyway, Creep LA seems kind of like I asked the guy and he's like, you know what? It's kind of like the happy medium between blackout, mm. which is like, you know, intention experience, which is like extreme horror. And then like universal horror night. So it's kind of like in the middle because it's still interactive. Like you walk in this thing and uh, one of the actors could just pull you and you can have like a whole other experience. That's another reason why Halloween is so good here is that there's so many out of work actors that can staff these, these Halloween creep fests. Yeah, totally. And so a lot of these guys are like professional horror movie actors. Yeah. So, so this one's kind of cool. It's called Creep LA. It's in Glassell Park. I guess it's like this massive warehouse down there. They do three shows a night. 
Um, it's affordable. It's like 50 bucks. It's not like $180. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's supposed to be like a 90-minute thing. Let's do it. I'm I, down. I totally want to check out. The guy sounds really cool. His name's Justin Fix. I'm going to be chatting with him coming up next. After that, people, we have some phone calls to get to. This episode uh, 555 here of uh, Sick and Wrong. Um, here's a word from AdamandEve.com. Go to AdamandEve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. When you select your one free item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs, plus a free exclusive gift. And to top it all off, they'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And what's that free exclusive gift? It's the Clip Bumper, the ideal pleasure ring for couples. He'll love the way this love ring lets him stay harder, longer. It increases the strength of orgasm, and she'll love the way the pleasure nubs thrill her sweet spots. The unique bumper stimulates her clitoris, and it's soft and stretchy for a comfortable fit. The clit bumper's made of premium silicone, it's waterproof, and it's compatible with all water-based lubes. Use code DIDDLE at checkout. That's D-I-D-D-L-E at adamandeve.com. Creepy Hey, Justin, it's uh, D. Simon here calling from uh, the Sick and Wrong podcast. How you doing? Hey, D. How you doing, boss? I'm doing all right. You got, uh, you got a few minutes to chat? Let's do it. All right. Um, well, well, thanks for being on the show today. Um, I'm excited so to... Uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about Creep LA. I'm, I'm obsessed with horror in general, so I try to find... At least try to hit, during the month of October, at least two to three haunts, if possible. And I did not make it to Creep LA last year. So um, You got it on the book for this? Yeah, I'm definitely planning on coming uh, either next week or next weekend. Um, but I definitely want to check it out. Yeah, I'm always interested to find out the comparison of, you know, us sort of being a first-time haunt, quote-unquote, last year, and then sort of how we've kind of developed and matured and kind of pieced together for, like, our sophomore year. It's always good. It's got it always interesting to see, like... You know, some people love what we did last year, are absolutely obsessed, and they didn't get what we did this year. And then some people see last year, and they're like, oh, my God, this year, how, how did you even do that? You know, it's so funny how people's different comparisons of whether it be fear or mm -hmm. type of scare, how everyone can kind of evaluate you just differently. Or the criteria, how they judge a haunt. Um, yeah, true, totally. So this is the second installment of uh, Creep L.A., this year is called Entry. Uh, how does this year's story differ from last year's, or are they, or is it episodic? Yeah, totally. We're 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 going towards that format. Last year, kind of coming on board, we really wanted to play kind of on the you know the proper noun on who or what a creep is. So our last year's storyline was really just introducing those types of creeps. So we created over like 20 different vignettes of some of our favorite sort of situations or character development that we showcased these creep type characters in. Mm -hmm. And then when we moved to this year, we dove in particularly to a, a an individual's creep, creep story. So this year we're diving into uh, the mind of this artist named Erebus Berwick and kind of discovering, discovering and uncovering what he quote unquote um, found in the darkness and sort of the darkness in within humanity. So that's kind of what we ventured to this year. So each each show moving mm. forward, we really hope to kind of develop and introduce, you know, one type 
a person or creep as our storyline and then integrate scenes through there. Well, it keeps it interesting. Is, uh, so is Erebus Berwick, is that his name? Yeah, Erebus Berwick. Erebus Berwick. Is that a fictional character or is that an actual occultist? You know, I could just really hang that question mark. Okay. Um, <laughs> we can leave he, it to be discovered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah ex- exactly. Um, no, it is a, it is a, it is a fictional character. Um, this but year. It, oh, okay. So, but I, I read that you were inspired by uh, Kubrick and uh, like, are you inspired by like Aleister Crowley? Is that kind of thing? Like uh, someone who dabbles into the, in, in the occult and even possibly like Ash Williams. You know, unleashes something that he yeah. he doesn't understand. Yeah, one hundred one hundred percent. Those are some really big influences. Along was this um, experimental artist named John Duncan in the early seventies in Los Angeles. He did the, all sorts of different performance art that just was quite bizarre and got really judged and evaluated to be very dark and demeaning back in that time of day in Los Angeles. Oh, that's cool. That is cool. So um, do you guys change locations every year or is it in the same location as it was last year? You know, that really wasn't the plan. Um, we had every intention going into this year at the same address we were at last year. Um, however, that building got sold on us. So we did mm. kind of come, come the middle of June, have to kind of scramble and find another place. So now we've landed over in the spot over in Glasso Park. Um, that also garnered us, you know, an extra almost 8,000 feet, 8,000 square feet to really sort of, you know, spread our scenes across a, a larger footpath. Um, so, yeah, our goal, you know, the city of Los Angeles, it's really tough to do sort of these short term leases. Yeah. Um, the city of Los Angeles, you know, they really don't understand sort of this immersive theater, you know, or haunted house or whatever you want to call it. Um, they, they're, they're very strict. And so it's, it's hard to find a spot. So, you know, we've, we found a nice little home here. Um, if we were to be able to bring this back, you know, every season to this space, I think I'd be really happy, but you know, who knows what a 365 days will bring. Yeah, you have to check it out next year. So, so let's talk yeah. about the, the uh, production itself. Um, have, have you seen uh, the the immersive theater theatrical production Sleep No More? In New York? Yeah, I think what they're doing. I think what they're doing is just brilliant. So, is it something similar where, as a guest, you kind of wander through this you know, this uh, this setting and and you can and there's things happening around you and you can interact if you want or you can explore. Or, or do you need to, like, follow the actors around to understand the story? Yeah, you know, something that Punch Drunk does so well is that they have these open-world formats where they really allow, you know, the audience to kind of come in and self-discover and explore and really choose your own adventure. You know, follow a particular character all night if you wanted to. Just stay in one room all night if you wanted to. Um, that is our goal to get there. Um, but us kind of being a hybrid mm-hmm. of kind of taking really traditional haunted house techniques and then applying some very modern or newfound ways of immersive theater, like what Punch Drunk's doing and trying to combine the two. Um, right now being our second year, we thought it'd be a little too probably premature to introduce that open world format to guests. So right now it is a single flow kind of path 
but instead of doing Congo lines that most haunted house attractions yeah, do or, you know, large groups, like a maze. we really, yeah, like a maze, quote unquote. Yeah, we really, um, you know, timing for us, we really take our time. Um, so we'd like to get there. But right now, it's kind of very more in the path of, like, see a scene, keep exploring, see a scene, keep exploring. However, mixed in there, you have some really great pull-away or intimate exchanges from cast members that either sneak you out of a scene and put you in your own space. So we do take kind of some of that recipe and those sort of tricks that Punch Drunk's doing. Um, You know, some of those things that they've, like, the U.K. is doing or even New York um, they're so ahead of the times for what LA is doing. I think there's kind of been a resurgence on this experimental space. And I think it just shows the demand. And I think it shows us as like a generation and as a society, much like what VR is doing for, mm. you know, cinema and video film, games. I think kind yeah. of, yeah. And video games. I think that's what this kind of immersive theater is doing. I think people want to be in the middle of it they want to experience it firsthand you know they not just want to hear a story they actually want to become one of those characters so i think this is it's it's becoming a really fun thing you know because really cool. we have some really yeah we have some really big plans with the brand to kind of go outside of this sort of halloween space um so yeah we're really interested in kind of you know chipping away and seeing what we can kind of show off and kind of bring so you're not like Hitting, hitting everybody with, you know, a one fell swoop that there does some come some surprises once we slowly start to roll out sort of our brand. That's the thing with Sleep No More. I went to it last year and I was, yeah, I was completely impressed. It's beautiful. The, the, the environment is beautiful. The old hotel and the whole idea of it is great. But I didn't, I was going in there blind, so I didn't know anything about it. And it is cool that you can kind of wander through this, you know, this really creepy place and this like fascinating uh, hotel with all these different rooms. But I didn't realize that there was a whole story going on, too. So we kind of missed... Can I ask you, did you, did you even care? You know, at first I didn't, because we went in and we're like, wow, just overwhelmed at how cool it was and be able to discover it. But then about midway through, when we started realizing, you know, I kind of knew it was loosely based on Macbeth. And when we kind of realized, like, yeah. oh, well, this, we saw the scene where, like, she was washing the blood off of, uh, off of uh, um, Macbeth... Lady Macbeth was yep. washing blood off of Macbeth, and we were like, oh, so all this shit had been happening, and we didn't even know about it. <laughs> so it's like, I, I kind of yeah. feel like it's one of those things where you want to go see, see it multiple times to get the whole experience. Maybe the first time you just go and just experience the surroundings and, you know, the, the, the setting, the milieu, but then later go on and actually follow the story. And something like that's kind of cool. But I do like the idea of, yeah. of, of Creep LA having a structure to it, so you can kind of you yeah, figure I, out where to go. I think it's an odd... Yeah, as an audience member, so many people, it's so funny, so many people are wanting story. Yeah. You know, last year, we, we really, we took the critiques, you know, as we were trying to grow and evolve. You know, a lot of people were like, you know, there really wasn't a story. And here we had created these little vignette scenes that all had their own story, but it wasn't one cohesive story. Um, so it's, 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 it's funny to see those people that just want to come in and either get spooked or just check things out and kind of escape. And then there's, you know, there are those guests who come in and are really trying to dive in deep and really trying to, you know, meet certain characters and asking questions and all that mm. stuff, which, you know, I think just adds a layer. Um, those who, you know, it's kind of what, you know, Punch Drunk says so well, fortune favors the bold. It's like if you get a, if you give a little more as an audience member, you usually sort of, you can take a little more from a, from a performance standpoint. 
Yeah, I, I totally understand that. So how does Creep LA, I guess, is it like one of the, is, I guess in terms of being a, a scream experience, is it as intense as like Blackout or some of those other haunts where you have to sign a waiver and go in by yourself? You know, I like to kind of say we're the hybrid. Oh, okay. I, we, we, have, we have people sign waivers at the start. Um, do I think we necessarily need that? No. Are we putting, you know, are we waterboarding people or putting plastic bags over people's faces or, you know, whatever it may be? We're, we're not that extreme. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> it's so, yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. You know, I think the, the type that, that kind of cult following of blackout with jo- what Josh Randall's doing, I think is really great. And I think he's really found a niche for those you know, guests who really want to become a true participant, you know, they really want to sort of see how far they can go and like really stretch, you know, their boundaries and their limits. I, I don't know about uh, that. Creep LA from Creep. Yeah, I know. And that's for some people. I think Creep LA, um, you know, LA, Los Angeles, I'm just so scared of getting sued. And I think whenever <laughs> you have people, whenever you have people just touching people, you know, I'm just like, you know, that's, it was, it's basically a precaution for me as an operator. Do I think we need one? No. Do I think we need a safety word? No. Um, because I think what happens most times, I think people psych themselves out a little bit yeah. too much, you know, and people were, you know, earlier, the, earlier this season, they're like, Oh, creep LA, you know, it's the scariest, it's the scariest haunted house in Los Angeles. And I'm like, who, who awarded us that, you know, because <laughs> do I, do I feel, you know, for people coming into my space who are expecting a haunted house, are they going to be let down? I don't know, maybe because we don't have electronics and we don't have, you know, change jumps, constant jump um, scares, you know, that's yeah. Yeah. But you know, for the guests who maybe approach this and allow themselves to put their, their sort of, you know, and just immerse themselves in a space, I think they'll thoroughly enjoy it. I think I've always said to all my friends, all my friends who hate haunted houses, you'll love creep LA because it kind of, it kind of gives you both of the best of both worlds. Um, by not being super extreme and not being a haunted house, but not being a play, you know, so it's kind of, I think it's just at the end of the day, I hope, I hope it just generates conversation and people can walk away and, and feel like they got a little intimate terror and they got some, you know, some kind There's of one-on-one, of like yeah. aha moment. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's cool. Cause that, that's kind of what, like, you know, I, I think I'm too old to do like the not scary farms and. I don't want to stand in a two-hour line to do the Universal Horror Nights. And then there's – I'm way too much of a wuss to do Blackout. I, I don't want to go in by myself. I definitely don't want someone to put a bag <laughs> over my head and shove, like, a tomato in my face or whatever it is that they do. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want something kind of in the middle. And that's why, like, I, when I read about Creep LA, I'm like, God, this sounds perfect. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, so what is one of the, like, I guess since you've done it a couple of years, uh, well, this is the second year, but, uh, what is one of the worst things that's ever happened during one of your shows? Has anyone become so frightened that they like, you know, piss their pants or slapped an actor yeah, or course. something? Like, oh yeah. You know, this business, um, you don't, you don't know how certain people react to certain situations, you know? Um, and I think that's always a fine line as far as an uh, actor's space, like how far you can go, um, until, you know, you know that you're losing people. Um, and I think as far as, you know, an audience member, you know, never know how the audience is going to react. You know, you set out 
an example of certain rules at the very beginning. And, you know, some people just choose to downright disrespect that, you know? Mm. So last year, you know, yeah, people were terrified. We had, we had a person, you know, pee their pants, um, you know, this year, you know, we've had, we had one of our actors get punched by an audience member, you know, from just simply being scared. Um, yeah, the stories, the stories I have, I mean, there wouldn't believe you believe it. It's just like, there should be a reality show around it because, some of the stuff is so damn funny and just so like, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Like, how did this happen? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's fun, but it's all worth It's what's what, what makes it worth showing up to work, you know? Well, yeah, it's like, it's like improv theater. So what happens if someone has like a, a heart attack or if someone punches an actor in the face? Like, do you stop the show or do you kind of carry on as if it's part of the show? Yeah, within within this kind of show, we operate with a kind of a runner system where it would be called your quote unquote, it'd be like your stage manager, but they're actually very much a part of the show. So you kind of have these people who monitor certain zones. So if anything kind of gets out of you know track, we have a sp- we have a word that we're allowed to use, and we communicate it across the cast and show that you know if certain rooms are kind of acting up or someone gets injured, you know we have a we have actual a real sort of operational this is what we do here you take them here you do that lights up here you know it's mm-hmm. got to be so structured because when you're running we almost do about 26 shows a night and when you are constant when you have one show that starts and then you have three more shows in the space all at one time you know it's like a working clock like mm-hmm. if one room is taking too long then it backs up this room and so there's got to be a constant dialogue and I that's what makes for great success if you can really kind of orchestrate and really work out that rhythm and pacing of a show um because i think that's one thing that people really enjoy with creep is that we really do focus on the suspense and i think what happens with so many times in this haunted house category that it's all about scare 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 and you never get to that build up and sometimes that build up can be the funnest part of that like fear exactly it becomes more of a like on a psychological level you know, rather yep, than like a visceral yep. level. So, yeah, um, take a little more away. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, have you had any uh, famous horror directors come through? Like John Carpenter been over yet? You know, Carpenter came by um, came by last year. Um, we were really we were really hoping to do something with him this year. We were emailing back and forth a little bit with his uh, his management team um, because I think he he signed up on board last year with you know with Universal Horror Nights, right? Oh. They think, didn't yeah, he was do it, that? No, no, wait, he didn't. Did he do it? Because I think they're doing the, the Walking Dead thing, but maybe maybe they did do Carpenter. I I think I think Carpenter did. I think they had him. Like I think they did Halloween last year, right? Actually, you know what? I think one of the mazes was Halloween. So you know, I think taking like an amazing writer or a director like himself, like can't. You can't give a show justice when you're trying to pile, when you have such good story, you know? Yeah. I think that's what Universal just knocks out, the production quality. Like, it just, like, top down. But when you have such a great story that you have to sort of, you know, pay respect to, that, like, I think, no. To answer your question, we've not had any big horror directors come through. We've had, like, some great fans and fanatics come through. Um but off the top of my brain, I don't think we've had any big horror guys. I just think it'd be kind of funny if you like scared the shit out of someone like Wes Craven or something, you know, and not even yeah, know about right? it. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that would be, I mean, that'd be the end goal. 
<laughs> so, uh, you know, I definitely want to check it out this week. Uh, my girlfriend, my girlfriend's been very hesitant about it because she kind of scares easily. She's uh, she, she won't even watch like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I was trying to explain okay. to her that this is more like a theatrical like performance art. We're like, you know, horror theater meets performance art. Do you think it's something that would be too scary for someone who's, you know, squeamish around horror films and horror in general? No, I think it's like, I think it's the best, I think it's the best way to sort of start tapping in. You know, I think we've made, we've made some people who've never done any of this thing before. Like we, this allows them cause they feel, they feel like, Oh, they're like, Oh, I went through that. You know, I did, I, I, I was able to do that. And I think it's all about expectations. And if you can kind of really put in your right mind frame that like, let me just like lose, like, let me just like escape. Let me just like kind of take myself in and really that word immerse myself. Um, it's, it's so fun. Like all my friends are like, I'm so scared. I'm like, you'll have so much fun. I promise <laughs> you. Yeah. Next thing you know, she's going to be taking me on like ghost tours and shit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. She'll be a fan. Who knows? That'd be cool. Anyway. So you guys are running from now until Halloween. Is it uh, all week, all weekends or is it Wednesday through Sunday? Yeah, we opened our doors September 15th, so we're almost halfway through our season, which I just can't believe. Um, so, yeah, we geared up for Halloween um, tonight, actually. So we're doing performances Wednesday through Sundays um, for show starts at 7, and then we are selling tickets up till 1030, and it is a, it is a timed entry. Um, so we have a great little pre-show lounge, which you can kind of come and hang out at prior to the show, um, which is really, really fun. And then groups enter every 10 minutes in groups of eight. Oh, okay. All right. That's cool. And how long is the, uh, the haunt in total? Is it a couple hours or? Yeah, it's about, we've, we, we like to say, give yourself 90 minutes. Most people oh. come out around 70, 75 minutes, but we like to say, give yourself about 90 minutes. Okay, so about 90 minutes. All right, well, great. Well, people can go buy tickets at uh, CreepLA.com. CreepLA.com, yeah, and check us out on all of our social channels as well at Creep Los Angeles. Creep Los Angeles, cool. All right, well, Justin, it's been great chatting with you, and I'm looking forward to checking out Creep LA. All right, boss, we'll see you in the dark, okay? All right, (laughs) take it easy. All right, take care. Hey, sick and wrong listeners, this is Trucker Paul. I got to tell you about this wonderful porno place where you can buy jack-off machines, dildos, inflatable wives. I bought them all. When I go home, I like to diddle my wife with a, a little dildo. When I'm on the road, I got my second wife, my blow-up doll, and my jack-off sleeve. Go to adamandeve.com. Type in the word diddle. D-I-D-D-L-E. And you'll get 50% off all your masturbation machines. How do y'all flick my balls? I put a spell on you. So we got a few phone calls to get to. People can call us to go on hotline at 323-522-4032. Uh, the first call here is from a, uh, a dead, a deceased celebrity. Mm. We've been getting a lot of calls from people beyond the grave. Uh, there's my father calls in every now and then. Uh. yeah, and we don't even need a Ouija board; they just still call us. So this is a uh, a celebrity from beyond the grave. Macho man Randy Savage here again. Just thought I'd call him, but you guys know you're running a really great show. 
That's good. D. Harrison. You guys gotta get back on the second wrong. Fucking Macho Man Randy Savage train, man. <laughs> I didn't know we got off that train. I, I always thought we were on it. Was was who was your favorite pro wrestler? Ric Flair. I'm a kiss stealing, <laughs> wheeling a jeeling, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. Woo! <laughs> or possibly Jerry Lynn. I always like Jake the Snake. Well, that's just you like that documentary was all cracked out. Yo, Apparently, oh he's, he's so good now. Out. No way. Jake the Snake is good. I, I heard it. I did not bother to Google it because I didn't care as much. Oh, my God. That guy became such a drug casualty. I also like the ultimate warrior because that guy was just he was just so whacked. You remember like with the neon paint? No. Yeah, he was. How do I not know the Ultimate Warrior? He, oh, he Wait, was a, who did he wrestle for? Hulk Hogan. He fought against Hulk Hogan. Oh all yeah, the time. I, I missed that whole. Oh, you're probably too young. It's yeah, true. this is like. Well, Ric Flair was around that time too. I don't. I discovered Ric Flair in ECW about t- several, many, possibly a decade, decade and a half after they had quit recording. Oh, okay, where they were done with all that stuff. Yeah, the Ultimate Warrior was like late '80s, early '90s. He'd come out like neon outfits, kind of like very hair metal looking. Well, I don't like Hulk Hogan because I feel like he. Uh, here's the thing: as a wrestler, you got to go out on your back, and Hulk Hogan refused to go out on your back, and I think that's just disrespectful to the whole game. Like go out on your back? What do you? Yeah, mean? like uh, how Terry Funk did on ECW. So when you're a wrestler, because it's scripted somewhat no way (laughs) (laughs) that when you get to the end of your career you let the new up-and-coming guy uh beat you so you go out on your back so that they can come up how do you know so much about this wrestling i kind of like it big fan (laughs) (laughs) you're actually really into uh the ultimate fighting too the ufc's yeah ufc um josh how's josh doing josh barnett um, kicking ass and taking names. I haven't seen that guy in a while. You know, we when I last him saw him, he came out. Uh, my mom entered the KCRW pie contest, and uh, Josh Barnett and his fighter girlfriend, Colleen Schneider, came out to support. <laughs> that is pretty amazing. <laughs> that is one tough motherfucker. Josh is a badass. <laughs> not, not to mention, he's just a big, massive dude, too. He taught me everything I know about Magic the Gathering. <laughs> yeah, Andy's like a super nerdy. It's, it's great. Andy's a, he's a big metalhead, too. That's what I'm saying. People that yeah. are involved, and he also did pro wrestling. Pro wrestlers are the tits. Yeah, they, they are kind of cool. You don't know what you're missing until you go, Macho Man. I'd go Macho Man. <laughs> He's got a cough there. Fucking Macho Man Randy Savage calling into the Second Rock Podcast. Signing off. I do always love hearing from Macho Man. You know, he wasn't one of my favorite wrestlers, but I did, I did like him. I liked him, I liked him just because of the uh, Slim Jim commercials. Oh, yeah. He's my favorite uh, 7-Eleven snacks no, spokesperson of all time. <laughs> I don't know too many other 7-Eleven snacks. I would even people, throw in but, uh... AM, PM snacks as well, because fuck you, Luke Rockhold. <laughs> fuck you. Um, thank you, Macho Man. Hope you're doing well, uh, wherever you may be. And uh, take care of that cough. Uh, this next call is about... Uh, this guy calling in about his sister. I don't, I don't, we were talking about siblings. How many siblings? You have two, right? Well, I had two. I'm down to one. Down to one. Okay. So here's a sibling. I, I have two. And, uh, and I wouldn't say they're psycho, but, um, <laughs> but when you're growing up, you know, kids get, kids get you weird shit. Oh, for they sure. What up, Harrison? D. Um... So I was just listening to the latest podcast, and like that dude was talking about, like how his brother did the weird fucking biscuit thing. Um, so it reminded me of my sister, 
and everybody says their sibling is the worst, but um, this is fucking crazy. I was probably like five, maybe six, and one day, I forgot what I even did, but she got really pissed off, and I'm like, later we were playing, and she tied me to a tree and tried to light me on fire. <laughs> I mean, it was only a match, but still, like, for like an eight-year-old to try to do that was just really fucked up, and she grew up to be a real cunt. <laughs> I wrong right now, but yeah, it's just kind of something that's like... Fucking cycles are born natural, I guess. I don't know. I just feel like that's normal sibling behavior, personally. I don't know if I ever tried to light either one of them on fire. I once hit Anna in the head with a roller skate, but I didn't mean to do it. Um, (laughs) But my older sister used to hold me at knife point on the regs. Jesus. I was really bad at behaving. (laughs) Wait, were were you the aggressive kid? Like, were you the shit starter? Um... Probably. <laughs> okay, so then it sounds like it's warranted. Yeah, no, I regularly got locked. My parents had a balcony, and, um, like, you could only get, uh, there was only, once you got locked out in the balcony, there was, like, no way back in. So I used to hang over the edge of the balcony and be like, screw you! If you don't let me back in, I'm gonna drop! And it's like, if you come back in the house, you're gonna have to stop doing whatever! And then I'd, like, come back in the house, and then I'd do whatever, and then I'd get locked back out there, and I'd hang off the end of it and be like, I'm gonna let go! And I'm gonna die! And moment Dad are gonna be mad. Oh, and then so one she time, was babysitting you. Babysitting me. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then one time, my little sister was mad at mom and dad, so I convinced her that she uh, needed to move out of the house and live in the trash can. It was wow, a recycling. So Technically, it was evil. a recycling bin. So yeah, this guy's being a little bitch. Okay. Yeah. I mean, did she actually light you on fire? Like, how did anything actually go up in flames? That's what I want to know. Yeah. If like, there the, isn't an ER trip, it's not even yeah, worth I mean, noting. If there was like a third degree burn, that'd be like, okay, I'd be concerned about that. Yeah. Yeah, when I was growing up, you know, me and my sister were really close. We were a couple of years apart, and I think I was kind of protective of her. But my brother, who is three years older than me, five years older than my sister, never spoke to her. He never hung out with us. Mm. Like, he never chatted with us. And we were, like, obsessed with fucking with him. Well, like, my older sister was five years older than me and my younger sister. Okay, and so, so she was, like, old enough now. to be, like, a really bad influence. That's how I learned all about everything that's wrong in the world. And but my little sister and I just thought she was so cool because she's five years older than us. So all we did was harass her until she would do things like lock us out on the balcony. Or yeah, my brother like he uh, he was a bad kid anyway. Like he called my mom a cunt at the age of like six. <gasps> what? He was just a bad kid. But so at anyway, the age of six? Yeah, I don't even know where you learned precocious. that word at six. Yeah, he was a precocious swear word person. Um, but yeah, he was, uh, at like, I don't know, probably maybe around that time, my parents got a child psychologist. So we'd go to this psychologist and we'd have to sit there as a family and talk to the guy. And then he would work with my brother. And I remember, um, the, the psychologist was just like, so Jeffrey says that you like to make him angry. Why? Why do you like to make him angry? He said this like in front of the family. So like my brother's there looking at me and I'm just kind of like, I don't know. It's fun. And so my brother never forgot that. Brought it up all the time. He's like, he likes to fuck with me. And so it's like, well, it's fun. You get so mad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why not? 
But you never like pulled a knife on me. Here's or the thing: we're both middle children, so if we needle someone just a little bit and we get a reaction, we're going to keep doing that forever. It's, it's fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I still have not actually grown tired of making him really angry. No, no. Yeah. My little sister. I mean, she's married with three kids and has a mortgage. <laughs> you know what happens? I still tack her a lot at the holidays. I'm like, I'm gonna hold you down for your face. So much bigger than you. Stop hitting yourself. So that being said, dude, what? She lit your jeans on fire? Or like pretended to and had you tied up for a little while? Shit. I probably lit more farts on fire than she ever has. (laughs) Anyway. But um, but yeah, that's, you know, kids can be kids. They can be so cruel. Uh, Last call here we got is from uh, an English lady that's teaching us how to say a term I guess I mispronounce. Let me see how, uh, if Ryan knows how to pronounce this word. Hey Dee, it's Fanny Harlow here. Um, I just heard a thing about your brother calling effeminate people something called a blouse. I don't know if anyone's told you this, but it isn't a blouse. It's called a blouse. And it's like <laughs> a shirt that ladies wear. Like, you know, like a shirt. First of all, your name is Fanny, so shut the fuck up, you goddamn big-ass pussy. Second of all, um, can we talk about how the British pronounced valet as opposed to valet or innovative as opposed to innovative? Y'all talk like a bunch of douches. So get over yourself and blouse is just goddamn fine. So so is that the correct American pronunciation of that word? Blouse? It's blouse, not blouse. Yeah. All right. And, you know, I thought so. Do you also, like, when you, you go X, Y, Z in the alphabet, do you go X, Y, Z or X, Y, Z? You know, I grew up saying Z. But <gasps> Get like, out! I grew up in South Africa. Oh, okay, My that's My dad's fine. English. Okay, you know, yeah, that's right. But then when I moved here... You learned better. Yeah, I learned, yeah, I learned, I learned the proper way to pronounce the English language. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah, well, the English people like to think they have commanded the English language. Yeah, but actually, we've a- evolved the English language completely evolved also there's a reason that we don't live there anymore we left like 200 and some years ago also i just looked this up there's more people in los angeles than even though i know that this isn't this is the uk not necessarily england but there's more people in los angeles than there is in scotland so get over yourself (laughs) it's really cute you think you're world power Definitely more attractive women in Los Angeles than all of Scotland. Probably all of the United Kingdom. <laughs> but anyway, you know, you know, I was wondering what you, when I heard this call, I was like, blouse. I never even, I don't think I've ever, ever really heard that. But my brother was saying the term last time I was in San Francisco. Have you ever heard this? He asked me, he was talking about some guy at work that, he, that they call him blouse. What? Yeah, they call him blouse. And I was like, why do you call this guy blouse? So my brother works at a leather bar. Is this how the Republicans started calling people cuck and confusing everyone? <laughs> That's a new word for me, too. Yeah. Cuck. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to refer to a liberal man, right? I don't even know. I yeah. can't get it to it. Anyway, so but leather anyway, bar, he was blouse. telling this guy, there's a guy that he works with that he's not, not particularly fond of. He, he's like, yeah, everyone calls him blouse. Blouse did this, but I was like, why do you call him blouse? Does he wear blouses? Like, is that, He's like, what's a blouse? And I was like, uh, I don't know, a, a top like shirt that female? He's like, yeah, a feminine top. Oh, it's a blouse. That's really funny. I had never heard that term before. That's a good one. Yeah, he's like a feminine top. It's it's a blouse. So anyway, I guess English, the English call it a blouse. So uh, in England, if you're a feminine top, you're a blouse. Blouse. Yeah, but if you're here, you're a blouse. What an innovative new way to use the language. (laughs) 
Yeah. Oh, wait. Are you going to spell tires with a Y? Colors with a U? That's, that's the thing, too. Like, color. It's like, why use so many letters? You know, here's the thing. It's They've got a monarchy. Clearly, they are not into efficiency. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like in the U.S. The U.S. is like the hallmark of efficiency. Look at our electoral pro- college. <laughs> yeah, look at look at how we elect a president. <laughs> That's efficient. Um, people call the Sticker Wrong Hotline, 323-522-4032. If you're not listening to the show on iTunes, you're not helping us out. Go to iTunes, do a search for Sick and Wrong, subscribe, rate, comment. We do appreciate that. Uh, finally, here, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week was actually picked out by Ryan. Mm. Um, Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> which is performed by Tracy Jordan and it's from uh, from 30 Rock. I love yeah. that show. It's such a good show. I miss that show. You know what? My sister actually just saw Tracy Jordan. Um, Do you mean Tracy Morgan? Tracy Morgan, not Tracy Jordan. Tracy Morgan. Uh, and and uh, do stand up, which I I thought he he's was fucked back. Up. No, well, he's been two years off because he was in that near. Well, I guess near some, fatal accident. I yeah, mean, yeah. Severe brain damage. Wasn't he in like in a coma? Yeah, for like a year. Yeah, that's why his his return is miraculous. It's crazy. The dude's doing stand up again after being in a coma, getting hit by a semi, and having brain damage. Well, I can't claim any knowledge of this because I learned this from the Joe Rogan podcast, but. Uh, there's a lot of talk about how uh, traumatic brain injuries rewire the way that your brain thinks. You know, I've heard like some people can get a concussion and mm. all of a sudden can play the violin. Yeah. I wish something like that would happen to me. I will punch you really hard in the face. Actually, yeah. if you want, what I can do, if you lay down on the floor, I can start dropping furniture on your head until you get funnier. That might work. This podcast might actually be successful. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> can make some money. Start a Patreon. Um, on that note, Ryan, thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. Thanks for being on the show. Um, look forward to having you on again. People, you can follow uh, or at least check it, check to see what, what Ryan's got going on at her Twitter, which is at Ryan Keeley. Yeah. And uh, I hope you have a happy Halloween. Did you pick out a costume yet? I have three costumes. Um, I'm going to go as a sexy taco, uh, dead zombie Marie Antoinette. Ooh, I like um, that. And, oh, what was the other one? I like sexy taco, too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I need to find the weirdest party in the L.A. and go to as a sexy taco. I know. Uh, there's a, actually know a picture a on parties. my Twitter. If you want to see pictures of me of dressed. a sexy taco? Me and my sexy taco Is costume. this a homemade taco outfit? No, it was purchased for a, an obscenely, obscene, blah, 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 obscenely small amount of money from the internet. And it's so amazingly terrible that it's glorious. You may need to... Uh, it's on your Twitter page? Yeah, Twitter. I'm going to have to download that. I might post it with this week's episode. Mm-hmm. Got to check that out. Sexy taco. You know, people are probably going to be masturbating to that picture. You know... I take it as a compliment. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know what I'm going to be. I, you know, I might do a werewolf bar mitzvah. That is a great idea. You're such a Jew. I'm going to be. You're like the Jewiest Jew Jew of all I Jews, except for the tattoos. A werewolf the Jew. Werewolf Jew bar mitzvah. I'm going to be a werewolf bar mitzvah boy. Yes. That is a great idea. I will do your makeup for this. All right, I'm going to do this. Uh, people, we'll be back next week with episode 556. Until then, take it easy. Oh, man, Trey, look up at the sky. It's a full moon on the Sabbath. This is scary.
break it down. I was working late on my half Torah when I heard a knock on my bedroom door. I opened it up and to my surprise, there was a werewolf standing there with glowing gold eyes. He says, Tomorrow, my son, you will be a man. But tonight's the time to join the Wolfen clan. clan. Tomorrow, you will stand at the beamer and pray. But tonight, let's gaze at the moon and bathe. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. Werewolf for mitzvah, spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. All right, that was that was great, Trey. Okay, it's over. That's a wrap. Oh. The next day, what happened? The tumor didn't teach. Oh, I man. got up in front of everyone to give my little speech. Then my teeth turned into fangs and my nails into claws. And I nearly dropped the Torah when my hands turned into paws. I growled and I roared and my rabbi did as well. It was a rocking werewolf zoo at Temple Beth Emanuel. Hey man, where'd you learn all these Jewish words? My manager, Harvey Lemmings. Werewolf vomits for spooky, scary. Boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. I don't. I, I just don't think this. The idea of the song can sustain itself for that long. It doesn't. It seems a little sweaty now. So this whole premise is sweaty. We had a reception at the Lachman Country Club. They served a real nice brisket and an eight-foot party sub. I danced with my cousins. I got money from my folks. We had a lot of fun making circumcision jokes. Uh -uh. Then I remembered the premise of my song. I was at a nice reception, but the werewolf part was gone. So we pulled ourselves together and we're wolfmen again. Just in time for monster fight to begin. No. All the country club employees were brain-sucking packs. Who had all turned into zombies and were on the attack. No. So we fought them and some Draculas and Frankensteins too. Cause you gotta love Bar Mitzvah even if you're not a There's no such thing as Frankenstein. scary. No Boys becoming men. Men becoming wolves. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. Cool. Be hairy, boys becoming men, men becoming wolves. I don't want this, I don't like this, this is scary. Turning into werewolves and stuff, you know? I don't know, Trey, I'm not feeling it. This ain't no dick in a box. Mazel tov.